All right, you ready? Let's okay. do it. All right. Hi, everybody. This is Taylor. Welcome back to this episode of Tea with Taylor. I have my friend Nate Gould here. Hi, you guys. I will give him the opportunity to give himself a proper introduction. Uh, we're kind of in this video going to explain the pre-approval process for, and buying a home for the loans, and he's going to help kind of walk us through that process and describe what is needed, what are issues. So without further ado, Nate, if you want to explain and introduce yourself to my small audience that I hope watches. Uh, my name is Nathan Gould. I am a uh, licensed loan officer and a licensed realtor. Uh, my license number, I think I have to disclose this, 1107647. Um, I've been working in the industry since May of 2009 when I got my first job as an assistant. Damn. So it's been, yeah, it's been a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> um, yeah, and then lending, I got into lending in 2013. So. And what company are you with? I'm with Simple Mortgage. And I know, so you are in Michigan and Florida as well? Yes. So. Um, so if you have questions or, well, I guess I'm giving him this information. If you have questions, you can reach out to Nate, but we're going to go over some of that information. And if you're thinking about buying a home, he's a great person to go through. So, um, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. So we're going to start off kind of explaining about the pre-approval process. So I'm a realtor. I'm with Inspire Realty Group located in Elgin, Illinois. And the first thing that you really want to do when you're going to buy a home is first speak to a lender and get pre-approved. So that way you know the properties you're looking at, meet your qualifications, and that you're not looking at properties that you either can't afford or you don't wanna waste your time. So if I were to come to you for a pre-approval, what is the information you need for me? What is kind of the process? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the typical standard docs are going to be uh, driver's license, copy of that, mm -hmm. copy of your most recent two years of tax returns, W-2s or 1099s, and then your most recent 60 days of asset statements. Okay, and typically people just send it to you like via email, is that the easiest way and kind of communicate with you that way? Yep, um, so every once in a while somebody will drop it off and I'll make the scans for them, but typically yeah, they'll just send it to me email and, and we go from there. Okay, cool. And then once you receive that information, kind of what is what is the process like behind the scenes that we don't really, we don't really see? So uh, the first thing I'm gonna do is create a loan file. And we're going to go through and ask the borrower questions um, in relevance to the loan, exactly what they're looking to do, what their desired house payment is, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, once I get a buyer profile put together, I kind of see you know what their goals and, and dreams are. We can just go from there and structure the loan around that. Okay. And what is kind of, I know obviously it's dependent on how quickly they give you the information, but what is usually, mm -hmm. if, once you have all the information to let, giving them a call and be like, this is what you're approved for, what is kind of that time frame? Um, right now I'm a little bit slower than I usually am just cause how backed up we are. I yeah. would say it's probably about two to three days, okay. uh, but most times I can get it done same day. Okay. And then, um, once you have that pre-approval, that's kind of the next step when you want to meet with your realtor, if you already have one or go find one and kind of, for one, and give them your information as well as the pre-approval letter. So that way, when you're looking for properties, both you and your realtor are sending and looking at properties that you're approved for. Um, and we'll, we're going to kind of go into the difference of the types of loans because majority are conventional or FHA. And it's important to know which type of loan you qualify for that route too, because not all properties will be applicable for each type of loan because FHA, which we'll explain, is a government-backed loan. And so they're stricter on the overall condition of the home. So there's a little bit, and that's my cat. Um, so there's a little bit of... I don't know, I guess it's a little bit more difficult or it can be in that situation. So 
as I was just saying, there are majority, you would say the vast majority of loans are either conventional or FHA loans. Yes, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. So what are the differences as far as down payments, um, qualifications, if you can kind of just explain the differences of the loans? Absolutely. So uh, one thing I just wanted to uh, mention before I forget with the pre-approval, mm -hmm. uh, for those, this is a question I get a lot is what's the difference between a pre-approval and a pre-qual? And with the pre-qualification, it's essentially a verbal pre-approval. It's not verifying documentation. It's just, what do you make? How much do you have saved? So on and so forth. And then going from there, mm -hmm. I stay away from pre-quals because there's things that the borrower is going to forget to tell me, so on and so forth. So with the pre-approval, I'm getting that documentation, looking at it, reviewing it, uh, double checking guidelines, and then submitting it to a um, desktop underwriting, which is a computer. Right that underwrites that file and actually tells me, yes, this borrower is pre-approved and for this amount. So just to kind of... So with that, when you're talking to lenders, you're really gonna want that, for one, just so you, it looks better if you're gonna make an offer, for one, because then you're actually qualified because they checked your documents. Mm -hmm. Also, and not saying you guys would do this, but if you lied or if you misinterpreted something on your income, then you're actually showing that you're approved for something that you're not. So you could essentially waste your time and it's just easier to go the more sufficient and maybe time consuming route, but it's gar more guaranteed. Um, nothing's totally guaranteed until closing, but. <laughs> exactly, and that's why I would never work for a company that does a, a pre-approval through an app you know, I, it, I have to see those docs. I gotta make sure before I write my name on a letter that you're good to go. So one more thing with that, because a lot of people will start looking online at first and it's like, well, I got pre-approved online. I just I just put in my information. That's really not a pre-approval. Right, so, right. <laughs> let's, uh, so that's, that's a good point there, so the differences. So when you are speaking to a lender or a realtor, make sure you know that difference and that the documents represent one or the other, like he said, you want to go the qualification, right? Yes, okay. pre-qualification versus pre-approval. Okay, so just want to make sure I remember to mention <laughs> that because that's a question I get a lot. So. Yeah. So there's that disclaimer. So then, conventional and FHA loans, like we were saying, kind of what is the differences and what are the qualifications if you were or perks about both? Great question. So there are uh, a, a handful of loan programs, but the two I would say that I write the most would be your FHA and conventional. Mm -hmm. um, there's gonna be some subtle differences between the two, um, one being the down payment. So on conventional, we can go as low as 3%, FHA is 3.5%. And with the FHA, uh, it, it just depends borrower per borrower basis, which is the better fit for them. With FHA, a lot of factors would go into that if that would be the better route. Usually they would go conventional because mm -hmm. it's more of a widely accepted offer, but. Um, for example, let's say the borrower has a lower FICO score, their mortgage insurance is going to be better going FHA. So that's the route I'm going to put them um, because with conventional, the mortgage insurance is private, so they take a hit. Mm -hmm. Or FHA, the mortgage insurance is a fixed amount, no matter what your score is. Okay. Yeah, and like, like we're saying, we're going to kind of discuss as much as we can, but there are nuance and everything so where you're going to want more details when you're actually speaking to these people um, in a lender or a realtor. And I will say, um, depending on the market, both will be approved, obviously, depending on the property too, as far as FHA and conventional goes, but a conventional mm -hmm. is stronger if you're just looking at the paper and it's looking at the lending. Just because like he was saying, there's differences in the qualifications and typically, like he, uh, he said with FHA, their FICO score can be lower. And correct me if I'm wrong, they can have a higher debt and a lower income. So it's a government-backed loan that essentially gives the ability for people to purchase a house 
that otherwise wouldn't typically qualify for just a conventional loan? Uh, yes. So the debt to income could be a little bit more uh, from what I, from my experience on the FHA loan. So if the borrower wants to just spend a little bit more than they um, normally get approved for a conventional, they can go that route. Mm -hmm. And essentially uh, the interest rate is usually better FHA because the interest rate is based on how much of a risk the borrower is. So the more of a risk you are, the higher your rate is. Or the lender or the investor needs to protect themselves from that loss. So if, if uh, you're going FHA, the Federal Housing Administration is insuring that mortgage, um, which in turn makes you less of a risk to the lender. Mm -hmm. And therefore your interest rate reflects that. Your interest rate's slightly lower. Not dramatically, but it, it is lower. Yeah, so it alleviates, even though the, the loan itself might be a little bit riskier because they wouldn't otherwise qualify for a conventional loan, it's not as risky for the bank or the institution giving the loan because the government is alleviating some of that risk for taking on that loan. Correct. Um, so that's kind of why the, in, the interest rates fluctuate. And like I said, this is another reason why you want to get pre-approved first, because not all houses will be applicable for FHA, where conventional majority of houses will, unless it's a complete shit, and then you need cash. So um, yes. for that. Um, so as far as once you get approved and you're you're working through the process what are some of the biggest issues that you come across throughout that process um the biggest thing is is the from what i've seen is the cash deposits so uh, any deposit you make into your account needs to be sourced you cannot take the mattress money that you've been sitting on and just shove it into the bank because the lender um, or we'll say the government needs to know where that money's coming from mm -hmm. and they had issues um you know, back in the day when people would launder illegal money through the purchase of real estate and they've really, really cracked down on that. So mm -hmm. if you're sitting on, you know, mattress money, like I said, an example, you cannot just go shove that in the bank. They, we need to know where that came from. And in most cases, we won't be able to use that as a qualified part of your assets because we can't source it. Right. And just Keep in mind when you're getting qualified, they're reviewing all of your documents. So if you change that um, pattern of spending or bills or your job, that is going to affect now your qualification going forward because that's not what they reviewed at the time you were qualified. So you really want, like he's saying, avoid cash payments. You want to avoid changing jobs, maybe getting a new car, all of these things, anything outside of maybe, you know, going to the grocery store and doing your everyday living or things that they've already accounted for. You really want to talk to your lender before going forward and doing it because you, you could put yourself at risk of losing that loan right. during the process. Right. Um, so, so cash deposits are one of them. Um, like Job I said, changes. Yeah. Um, that's another one. Uh, opening new lines of credit. I mean, I, until the day you close, your credit is under a microscope. Yeah. I've had clients on the day of closing open up a new line of credit and they get flagged. You cannot do that. The loan has not funded. Therefore, we approved you based on the credit that you currently have. You can't increase that. Mm -hmm. um, another thing I've seen is like leases. Oh, my lease terminated. I opened, I, you know, signed a new lease on an automobile. Okay. Now that's going to delay us. I need that documentation. I need to do a credit supplement. You know, th that wasn't on your credit when we initially approved the loan. Now we right. have to add it. So really just avoid doing anything crazy or something outside of the pattern that was already reviewed. And keep in mind, it's not just, for example, Nate reviewing these things. There's underwriters and people in the background 
that so it's not like Nate can just oh no this is what happened and explain that everything has to be verified it's it's much more strict than because people are like it's not a big deal it was just right. it was just two hundred dollars and it's like well everything has to be verified and there's guidelines that have to be met no matter who the recipient of the loan is so right you just keep that in mind um so what is kind of the process so since they kind of have to be very strict during this process what is usually of course it depends what the buyer and seller agree to as far as closing but let's say on average what is the pro loan process how long does it typically take um right now we're seeing anywhere from 21 to 30 days okay. it, it really a lot of it depends on how long the borrower is taking to get us documents and that's actually something i Good want point. to bring yeah. up when you are in the loan process we are under a contract for a certain duration of time and we have the loan rate locked with the investor for a certain duration of time. So the biggest thing I run into is the borrower, if I ask for things on Monday, they take you know a week, sometimes even longer, to get me the, the documentation I asked for, you're taking a chance of your rate expiring. Right. And once that rate expires, I have to extend it. And once I have to extend it, you're being charged every day it has to be extended which can add up rather quickly. Right, and as a realtor's point of view, because um, obviously they have deadlines, so does the contract. So you have to have like your your documents to your lender to start the loan process. Like you have to meet these deadlines throughout the process, otherwise you could be in breach of contract. So really time is of the essence in a real estate transaction, and unfortunately sometimes it can be inconvenient, but it is important to really stay on top, stay in communication with your lender or your realtor if you have questions, and just make sure you don't fall off the boat because once you do, it, it, it could overall risk you killing your whole deal, so. Absolutely, <laughs> and the sellers start to get scared. Why, why are we closed right. on time? Is something wrong? And it could be something minor, but it's, it's affecting the closing date, and then they could think, well, this person might not be able to afford this house. Like, should we pull out? Because they have the right to pull out. Right. They don't have to grant you an extension. Um, so these are just all kind of things to keep in mind. Um, like I said, the pro he's saying the process takes about 21, 30 days. You want to first get approved before starting to look for houses, then start looking for houses based off your qualification and the criteria that you would like, as well as um, just be in communication throughout the process. Don't do anything. If you think in your head, should I be doing that? Ask first because yep. it could, like we said, affect your deal overall. So that's kind of the pre-approval process and the loan process. Is there anything we missed that you would want to talk about? Um. I would say another thing that I think is a key is uh, when you're shopping around. So this is another thing that I get a lot. Lenders will bait a borrower with, oh, I have a low rate, right? And the borrower doesn't know to shop anything else. Mm -hmm. They see interest rate, interest rate, interest rate. Okay, first of all, statistically speaking, you're gonna stay in the home for an average of five and a half to seven years. So the amount of savings isn't over a 30 year period, it's over a five and a half to a seven year period. So they're, they're not that tremendous, but you still wanna shop. Obviously you gotta mm -hmm. save every dollar possible. When you're shopping, you don't wanna just shop your interest rate, you it's wanna fees. shop your APR. And your APR, exactly what she said, is your fees and your interest rate calculated into a percentage. That way lenders can't charge you a ton of fees and then offer you a lower rate to bait you into the loan. Mm -hmm. Because during that small window of time, your interest rate could be lower, but if your fees are tremendously higher, then over that time, it doesn't even add up. Sometimes even over 30 years, you're not even saving money. Right. So you wanna make sure you're shopping them both, and you wanna make sure you're not being charged points, um, unless you're going to stay in the home 
for forever. the long haul. Yeah, yeah like because, it's your forever home. Because it takes a while to break even. Yeah. And I see these rates all the time, you know, and they'll say, hey, we'd like to, you know, compare what we got. I'd like to send me your quote and I'll see it being charged. Oh yeah, two points. And the borrower has no idea what that even means. Right. And, and that is part of the reason with these people in these industries, they kind of know that their customer is somewhat ignorant. And so mm -hmm. they won't disclose everything. If you don't know the questions to ask, they can get away with maybe sneaking in some of those fees that other people aren't because you just didn't ask the question. So they didn't disclose it. So right. obviously shop around. Nate is a great um, resource for these questions. I will link his information and tag him. Uh, like he said, he does he does in Michigan and in Florida. So if you're looking yes. for an agent or a, bro a loan officer, I'm a realtor in Illinois, like I said, Elgin, Illinois, but the surrounding area. So if you have any questions, even about buying a house anywhere else, just let me know. I'm happy to help and extend. Hopefully I can ask the question or answer your question or send you in the right direction. So that's really all I got to say. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah. You just about covered it. Yeah, so thanks for having me on this episode of Tia Taylor, thanks even though we're drinking me. water, so that's lame. But, you know, it is what it is. So thanks for watching. And like I said, if you have questions, let me know. Thanks, guys. Bye. I always throw up a peace sign. I don't know why. It's just like the thing. Yeah. <laughs>